This is Patrick Verrill, and today I'm speaking with Celia Fisher, the Marie Ward Doty University Chair in Ethics, Professor of Psychology, Director of the Center for Ethics Education, and author of the book, Decoding the Ethics Code, A Practical Guide for Psychologists. So the issue of diagnosing someone from afar is something that the ethics blog addressed. Why does this keep coming up? I think it keeps coming up for a number of reasons. Obviously, this year, uh, we've had a presidential candidate and now a president who has a style that is clearly very different uh, from what we've ever seen before. There's a lot of attention to the whys and reasons for uh, his proclamations and, and for his behavior. So I think there's uh, media attention that's being drawn to this. I think there's a social interest that's that's uh, being drawn to this and the extent to which um, some of the, the unusual comments and behaviors uh, reflect some kind of uh, psychological problem or whether it's uh, just a very interesting idiosyncratic uh, type of character that, that we now have in the, in the public sphere. You argue that people who are tempted to attribute uh, mental problems like narcissism to uh, political figures that they disagree with are actually, they're doing a disservice to themselves, right? Can you explain that a little bit more? Well, I think they're doing a, two, uh, a disservice to both the professions of psychiatry and psychology as well as to the public and, and the political spheres. Yeah. Uh, people go to mental health professionals for a formal evaluation based upon not only the professional's training but also measures that have been validated, that are known to be able to predict and understand somebody's mental health. One can only assess somebody's mental health in a one-on-one -on -one interview using these type of valid and reliable measures. When somebody is attempting to diagnose from afar, they are actually performing non-psychology, non-psychiatry. They can be diminishing the trust that individuals who do need some kind of mental health assessment can have in such professionals who are providing these off-handed kinds of diagnoses. I feel like there's a term I've heard. Is this the, the armchair psychology? Armchair psychology has a history of when psychology broke away from philosophy. Oh, okay. And in fact, psychologists wanted to be legitimate in their own right because they used the scientific method mm. to develop ways of assessing people. So right now that that term I think is very appropriate for people who are sitting and saying my views of the world, my reading of what uh, President Trump says or anybody else says, I can now without applying any type of diagnostic instrument figure out what category they're in. Uh, Americans are obviously more polarized now than we have been in probably a good generation or two. Is it fair to say that they're also more likely to attribute the differences of other people that they disagree with to mental deficiencies? I don't know if there's a newer trend to do that just because of the politicalization and the polarization of our uh, society right now, but I think that what has happened is, is that rather than look at intent 
and looking at whether or not somebody is strategic in, in what they're doing, there's a tendency to say, if somebody is voicing something that I find so inconsistent with my own values, they must be crazy. And I think that that's very harmful because what it does is it takes us away from looking at somebody as a full person who may actually be very rational in their impulsive or seemingly irrational statements. A mental disorder is something that people do not have control of. In fact, it takes away from their autonomy to make decisions. Whereas sometimes very dramatic, um, unconventional statements can be very strategic in terms of turning public attention to certain issues and turning public attention away from certain issues. So uh, in that way, I think it's very dangerous for mental health professionals to come out with these kind of, as you call them, armchair psychology diagnoses, which really turn the public's attention away from what the intent and the ramifications are of some types of extreme political statements um, that, that may really be incredibly strategic and then simply say, well, you know, it, it's the result of a disorder. I guess it's just sort of like a crutch to just say, well, they're crazy. Exactly. And I think if you look at the way that both the people that voted for Trump and some of the people who didn't vote for Trump, all of many of them said, well, he doesn't mean that. Now we're seeing that he did mean what he was saying. And so to, to offhandedly just dismiss um, somebody's language, what they say are their intentions, either because you don't want to believe that that's what's true, or you're trying to say, well, it's just some impulsive behavior that can be controlled, I think is very damaging to both sides of the political spectrum. How can the field of ethics help bridge these kinds of divides? What I think is that ethics is incredibly important in terms of integrity right now. Because what we're hearing about this term fake news and the fact that um, lies and fake incidences are being promulgated across um, the social media is very dangerous. I think also even the term fake news is dangerous because many of the untrue information that's coming across is actually propaganda and there's an intention behind it. Fake news makes it sound like it's comedic or it's not important or it's a cartoon. But actually propaganda has a very specific intention and that is to undermine the truth. And I think that ethics is now more important than ever to really come out and say, when is something untrue? When is something unintentionally untrue? Which we must call a lie and a falsehood when that exists.